Hello, listeners. In this episode of Rethinking Lost, Elton and I will rethink Sundown. We hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks for listening. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 29 of Rethinking Lost. I'm Elton McManus and together with my, my losty co-host across the waters, Scott Copperman, we're going to go through Sundown, the latest episode from Lost. Ooh, creepy. Yes, very creepy. Episode. You like the creepy stuff though, so that's good. Yeah. My initial reaction from this episode was it was full of creepiness. As soon as the sun started going down, it was all the Saeed stuff and... All the stuff that happened in the temple, it's just, oh, I love it. I love all that sort of stuff. I like the music at the end. I liked the the version of uh, Catch a Falling Star that they made, very haunting and, and eerie. I didn't recognize it at first, I but once I did, it was even that much cooler. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, I thought that was brilliant. All the slow-mo walking, or slow-burning torches, all the darkness, all the little nods, little facial expressions. Just, oh, creepy. Love it. Ah. It was very cool. There were, though, a, a few too many of those crazy eye, maniacal, smir- evil smirks to the point of silliness. Not not a lot. I'd say maybe take two out of every seven away. <laughs> and it was was a little bit better for me. But You know, you should have said four out of every eight. Then it would have been two of the numbers. I could have. But then I'd be right. a half. And then people would say, why didn't you just say half? <laughs> and because I don't mind some of them. Some are good, but... Uh, it just there were there were certain instances where the looks were like when you tell a little kid, "Give me a mean face," now give me yeah. a scary face, now give me a crazy face. That's I thought we I, got a little bit of crazy face from kids. Yeah, I enjoyed it though. I liked all the the stuff that um, Claire was dishing out. I liked all them little looks. It, it did look like there was conflict going on inside her. Yeah, she seemed at times tormented and at other times very much at peace. Mm-hmm. But I, I was convinced that uh, she was going to kill Kate. I, when Kate said that she had raised Aaron, I thought sometime before the episode's over, she's ending up in the pit getting pummeled with a rock. And, yeah, uh, it is about time done. that we lost a, a main character. I think around about now would have been good. Uh, it's a good time to bring up an email. One that we actually just received, just after we started recording, you may remember last last episode, there was some discussion of number 51, Austin. Yeah. I said I thought it might have been spelled a little differently. A listener, Grant, sent us an email, and he says, uh, likes the podcast, and he wanted to make sure we saw uh, a link from tv.ign.com, which has a video to an interview with Carlton Cuse on a red carpet sometime. In the interview, Carlton mentions that Kate was written on the wall of the cave, but is not one of the special numbers for 8, 15, 16, 23, or 42. Just like people like Ben and Miles were also mentioned on the wall, but not brought up in Sawyer and Locke's conversation. Kate was on the wall, but her name didn't make it into any of the shots that made it into the final episode. So this should be viewed just like the air with the ultrasound. He wanted to make sure we knew this. So I, I do yeah. appreciate that. It's definitely an important thing. And and it seems to come from the source, but it brings up uh, another thing. Not not that I want to deviate too far, but did you notice in the episode when Alana comes in to get people out of the temple? Yeah. So she she's talking to Miles, and she refers to everybody by last name, right? Yes. She asks where Shepard, Reyes, and Ford are. She doesn't ask yeah. where Austin is. No, she doesn't know because uh, Miles has to turn around and said, "I was just with Kate." Uh, well, she's not concerned about getting Kate, though, no. because Kate's not a candidate, in my opinion. And she does ask whether Jarrah is there, again, by last name, and she doesn't ask where I mean, where Jin is. She seems to feel that the Quan in question is Sun. And she's already got her with her. Right. Conspicuously omitted from there was Austin, and the fact to me that she was going by last name says she's going by the list of candidates. Okay. So, I mean, that would fit that Kate was on the wall, but but not one of the special numbers. 
And that kind of fits what we had discussed last episode, where is Kate possibly just another one of these characters used to develop the main people in the same way Miles is and Juliet is and, and such? She even calls Ben by the last name Linus. Yeah, it's all very military as well, isn't it? Yeah. But I hope not, otherwise it seems a terrible waste of flashbacks and screen time and storytelling, really, where we could have been getting down to the nitty-gritty of finding out some secrets. But I think she'll be crucial. Maybe they'll... This Valenzetti equation, which has never been mentioned, maybe somehow that one of the numbers will be changed. Maybe four will be changed into 51. That could be if they wanted to try to make it a different character uh, important. Well, it's funny. We had a, an email from another listener, which th- she brought up a lot of things, but she did kind of touch on the idea of, of the candidates being assigned numbers and, and how I was in particularly displeased with it. But as you mentioned with the Valenzetti equation, um, this could be viewed as they represent bits and pieces of things that that could all come together to result in the end of the world that we know that so the people that rep- represent these numbers are major factors in their actions either on the island or off the island are, are whole to the sum at the very end of the the series it could be and that came from emma and we'll we'll talk more about her email later too it's tough uh, you and i were talking before we started recording about first impressions and all and and for me i find myself watching the episode starting to have some ideas and theories in mind and and they're coloring the way I view events. So if I have a theory of X, I kind of am watching and slotting it in as like, oh yes, oh yes, okay, yep, yeah, it's doing this for this reason, this reason, this reason. Okay. And and then when that theory gets a hole in it, I kind of have to back up and rewatch and... <laughs> And look at it a second time, a second way. Um, with the way I'm, I'm kind of viewing things now, I've kind of moved away from the Valenzetti equation as, as really being part of it. Um, well, yeah, it's taken six seasons to even get a sniff of anything like that, and it still hasn't been mentioned. So it's it can't be taken as canon at all. Right. Right. In fact, the fact they seem to be staying away from it pretty clearly they've had plenty of chances to kind of bring it up with Faraday and and other things Mm. but so overall you liked the episode you were pleased with the creepiness but you were also pleased with the plot development and the character development and those kind of things yeah I I I really enjoyed the stuff in LAX as as it's called now Um, I had a a very small theory about this They, they call it a side Flash sideways, don't they? Right. Is it possible? Let me, yeah. Let me see what you think of this one. Um, imagine this timeline that we're running on in a circle at the moment. Mm-hmm. Is it possible when we flash sideways, we're flashing from, let's say, the north side of the circle down straight down to the south side of the circle, and that is your side by side flash. Now, when we uh, either flash forward or flash backwards we're just running along the edge of this circle either flash backwards and then we head more towards the west if we flash forwards we run more towards the the east but a flash sideways would be directly across the circle straight down to the south pole Mm -hmm. if that makes sense it could and anything that uh, your your actions either in the past or in the future will change the course of your sideways flash it could i've heard Mention of what they call a um, Mobius strip. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I I can kind of see parallels to that. I, I I've moved away from the idea of this being an alternate timeline since our last episode. Yeah, I'm starting to drift away as well now. I, there's a lot of talk of it being uh, these flash sideways. They're actual representations of what's going to be happening after everything is resolved itself on the island right that's that's kind of where i am now last friday i had the pleasure of or it might have been last saturday i don't remember when but <laughs> lost blog had a a little talk shoe in conversation and i went in 
with the same mindset I had from our podcast that these flash sideways seem to be just pointless and over, overstaying their welcome and they weren't going anywhere. And I think you and I were still kind of thinking that if they're going to somehow segue it back together, at some point there has to be a a reason that people are going to be dissatisfied with that timeline. Yeah, cool. And, and yet we weren't seeing that. Everyone seemed fairly content or, or doing even better in this this other re- reality. It's, and Jack was a perfect example of that. So in that conversation, uh, John from Lost Blog had kind of talked with me about who was left. You know, you had Saeed, you had the Quans, and you had Hurley. Saeed, I don't think anyone really expected such a, a tone to his Flash Sideways experience as we had now. The Quans mm-hmm. we knew had trouble, and Hurley had the most to lose. So potentially that could be where everything started to go downhill as you're, it culminates with Hurley, the man who should, should be most happy in this timeline. Things really go south for him. And maybe he's the one with the means to reconnect it. But as the conversation went on, it started to, to come up that, that perhaps this was all a game and these flash sideways were, were the end result. And the reason they seem to be going nowhere is, and, and that you couldn't correlate it with the incident or the landing at LAX was because, that's not the trigger. There's some trigger lying farther ahead, which I, I can believe, and that's that's kind of where I'm at now. And I felt this episode reinforced that for me. Yeah. Because you hear the man in black say to Claire, he promises she'll be reunited with the baby. And he always does what he says he's going to do. He says to Saeed, what if he could see his love again? He doesn't yeah. say, you'll be with her. He says, like, She'll be there to be seen and be with. I'm I'm thinking that these flash sideways could very easily be the delivery of of those promises on the part of Locke. Just just as they thought the incident would wipe out the island and give them a different life, people are saying on island, you know, he wants to he wants everybody dead. He he wants this all not to exist. Yeah. Yes. He, when he leaves the island. He will not necessarily reward like they won the game kind of thing, but he will give these people what he promised, and and they will get this life seemingly without Jacob's influence and without in, any of the things that they miss. So the the reuniting of Claire and Aaron would actually be the rebirth of well, not the rebirth, but the the state of play when we saw her in the cab and then left in the hospital. So that's him actually going through with his promise. Right. Like he'll wipe this existence away mm-hmm. and that, that she'll have this, this other life where she never lost the baby and where Saeed never lost the love of his life. And right. these these people are getting chances to live again. We may see Sawyer be promised something at some point. He, he may be promised Juliet and then we may see him with Juliet in, in his flash sideways. Okay. I, I'm still not convinced that Jacob is good and Locke is bad. And I know they're being depicted a certain way. Jacob reminds me of that like real passive-aggressive guy who answers all your questions with a question. And he's all shucks, golly gee, that you, unflappable, that you just want to be like, oh, you know, be a person. <laughs> have yeah. reactions, have feelings. Like, he's very smarmy, isn't he? Yeah, lose your temper once in a while. I don't like that. No. And and we did receive a pretty cool email from a listener named Craig. And what Craig did is he went back and he talked about each of the people we knew who met Jacob and the influence of, of what they that might be. Um, just just to summarize real quickly, when Jacob met James Ford, and you know, we know he meets him at the church, and the effect of Jacob being there is that James is allowed to complete the revenge letter, which ultimately is going to lead him to the island and put him on this path of self-destructive behavior. He, he needed a pen. Jacob gave it to him. Yeah. If his pen had run out and he hadn't got one, then the letter would never have been finished. Right. Kate you know, was about to get in trouble when she's caught shoplifting. Jacob intervenes. And the effect of his intervention is Kate is rewarded for her behavior. She avoids the having to deal with her parents and the police and all that stuff, and and that's led her on this other path of of recklessness and law breaking and stuff. And in Craig's eyes, with Saeed, Jacob is is there at the moment when Nadia is struck by the car, and it's possible to think that that distraction prevents Saeed from saving Nadia. And also with uh, with Jack as well, it just popped in my head. 
he tried to get the uh, Apollo candy bar out, didn't he? Yes. Now, my recollection is he bashed it around a couple of times, couldn't get it out, gave up. He couldn't fix it. And then it was handed to him on a plate by well, Jacob. Well, what Craig points out is shortly before that, Jack is out in the hallway and he says to the, the father, Dad, I know you don't believe in me, but I need them, the staff, to believe. And, and the dad turns around and says, are you sure I'm the one who doesn't believe in you, Jack? And that could have been a moment where Jack had an epiphany, but that's when Jacob comes and oh. interrupts, <laughs> breaks the train of thought. Yeah. So potentially preventing him from resolving issues. Okay, that, that sounds more plausible than why he couldn't get the candy bar out of the vending machine. <laughs> it's an interesting thing. It's a long email, so I, I'm, I won't go through all the instances of it. But then we also heard in the episode today this story that uh, Dogen tells, which hardly seems something good when ben said the same thing to juliet almost word for word of of the deal that was made yep everyone thought how awful of ben and now we find jacob made a comparable deal with dogan and you know i was surprised to find the next day on twitter uh, a listener of ours uh, stephanie was like is there anyone who still thinks that jacob is is not good and man in black is not bad and put my hand up right away yes i <laughs> i still yeah, think I'm, that i'm still in that camp of the the smoky guys the good guy in a bad sort of way because we went through the a couple of seasons of thinking okay michael said that you know we're the good guys michael no sorry ben said that we're the good guys michael on the pier and we was like yeah okay and you know it's for me it's starting to look like okay you you actually were talking the truth there yeah i i think People are, are confusing methods with results, too. I mean, Man in Black is definitely not like a, a good, good guy. He's not Mother Teresa. He's not afraid to kill. But Jacob, the only piece of technology Jacob's people use are guns. And he may not have killed anybody, but, I mean, it's almost a blanket policy. Shoot first, ask questions later, among the others. Yeah. Everyone who walks in the camp, guns drawn. <laughs> like, I, so this, um, this pact that Jacob made with Dogen... It's obviously he went out and got lashed up and then crashed his car, which straight away tells you that he's not hundreds of years old. He hasn't been brought to the island, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years before the the Black Rock. Yeah, it sounded more like maybe the 40s, 50s at the earliest. It sounded to me, well, yeah, well, I was going to say even, you know, 2000s sort of thing. Oh, it could easily be more contemporary, but no, certainly no, no earlier than that. No, and... You know, that shot my theory down of him, you know, oh, he's the Black Rock captain or you know, stepping off the Black Rock. When, when are we going to see this poxy Black Rock anyway? <laughs> I want to see it. Uh, but I, I did enjoy that little twist. And I also like, you know, they're, they're making the same promises. Dogen turned around and said it to Saeed that they're making the same sort of promises. You know, you'll see loved ones again or your loved ones will be okay. So... There's not a lot of difference between them at the moment for me. We've said a couple times they seem to have different methods and different temperaments, but no one is more evil or good than the other. It's more heavy-handed, light-handed. Mm-hmm. And Dogen makes a very interesting comment to Said. He says, everyone has dark and light in them, and they're kept in balance. And I, I theorize that the two entities, Jacob and Locke, are two halves of a single force single identity okay like almost like the devil and angel on your shoulder of sorts right and the need for a loophole is because one can't kill itself it needs needs another hand to come in it needs an outside force right and and i think you know we saw the scale in the cave we saw the rocket plunged the the idea that jacob somehow inhibits the smoke monster we've seen that in in tv shows all the time or science fiction when the conscience is taken out, you know, without that filter, you get a, a totally run wild, reckless entity left behind. That's kind yeah. of what we have here. You have this idea that they both had a common goal of protecting the island. So yeah, in their different ways, though, very different ways that they they seem to have a a different plan for it. I have a feeling the smoke monster form wasn't the form of choice until after the Black Rock time. That probably wasn't necessary. So the the form that we saw on the beach, that was his original form, yeah? Y- yes. Well, I don't know. You know what's happening? I'm thinking of another thought I had, too. <laughs> so I, I'm going to get it out before I forget it. 
you know, the only safe place on the island is the temple. Well, what about the stupid sonic fence? Mm. Was that by choice that he didn't compromise the sonic fence? The smoke monster is a pillar of smoke that can fly around the island, ripping up trees, going through the ground, destroying people. And it didn't think about going over the fence. So I think that was definitely by choice. I think he was, the smoke he was pushing them two together. He's pushing Juliet and Claire together to work together. Juliet and Kate? What did I say? Claire, yeah. Sorry, That's right. Kate. Yes, Kate. I think he was just working his magic and moving his pieces into position. He needed Juliet to go back to the, the Losties camp on the beach at that time. Yeah, that could be. You know, we, we say a lot of things, I know I especially say a lot of times, like, I'm disappointed with this, or I feel like it could have been something else. Overall, I'm I'm thrilled with the storytelling. I think it's it's a very well done thing. I think the producers have done a nice job. I certainly make no attempt to say that there's a better show on TV or a better set of stories being told. I'm a little concerned, though, as we're getting this set of answers, that a lot of the answers you turn around, or anyone can turn around and say, well, why not have approached so-and-so earlier? Why not have handled this moment differently or this moment differently? And I, I know there's all kinds of things like that with any story, but as it becomes a larger pool of, hmm, <laughs> if they could have done that, why didn't they do that in the first place? It starts to feel like a bit of a hole. I feel like Juliet it was very much out of the loop. This, this whole idea of the temple group seems so different than the others. We all thought Ben was the leader of the others, or John Locke was named leader of the others by Richard. Yeah. yeah. But the the temple and Jacob weren't introduced until this season, and it just seems like, I, I don't know, there, there should have been more of an awareness. Like Juliet knew about the temple, right? Yeah. But did she know what the smoke monster was? No, she didn't. She said she didn't have a clue. I think it's more of a, an awareness. It's on a need-to-know basis of everything. It's very military-run, Yeah. these others. And I, for one, am, am glad that the temple has been destroyed now. Hopefully, we, we won't be going back there now. I was looking forward to it for maybe a season in season five. Oh, yeah, we're going to go see the temple. Oh, what's going in the temple? And now I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, temple. Nothing much really, you know, it, it didn't really grabbed me as much. Were you surprised how quickly the chosen and loyal others, <laughs> the, the, the worthy, like bailed on uh, Jacob's camp? There's Cindy, and I know she's looking to, to save the children and all, but you would have thought, I would have thought, they'd all have the attitude that Lennon had. Well, yeah, stay there. Yeah. Yeah, because they, they got the ashes, held him out for this amount of time. Yes, Jacob has been killed, but we didn't see him cross the ash when we saw... Um, a side shot of him and Claire outside of the temple. Right, Claire had to do it. Yeah, Claire had to go in there. He obviously couldn't go in there until Dogen had been killed. He was the key to getting him in into the building because as soon as he was dead, and as soon as Lennon was dead, then that was it. You you heard all the the monster noises outside. Yeah, which was creepy. <laughs> and that seems to support what you're saying that it's a need to know base. Only the inner circle knew what was going on. Yeah, that there was this threat. Hmm. Smokey knew that he'd create panic, send him in there, and send inside back into the temple. He, he sent him in there with a job to do. Yeah. And he also knew the panic would send a lot of people running to his camp. And so now he's got the, all of them on side now. Now, were you surprised to see Saeed take the shot at, at Locke? That, you know, he, he genuinely did have good in him? and I thought he'd stutter, to be honest. But as soon as he walked out and said hello, yeah, bang. Straight into the chest. I thought it was brilliant. Do you think it matters that Locke got words out? No. I know he meant, like, don't let him get in your head, but he, he said, you know... Don't yeah, let don't him let him speak. I think it was just, yeah, just don't let him speak at all, otherwise then you'll sit down and chat with him and then have a little discussion and maybe a bit of tea and then he'll worm his way inside you. And I thought, no, that it, it's okay if he says something, but attack as soon as you can, really. You know, it's interesting... They talk about Saeed having been claimed, and we talk about that the smoke monster is claiming him. But what we saw in both the season four and five Oceanic Six stuff, and what we saw in the Flash Sideways in this episode, is that no matter how badly Saeed wants to be something 
different. Mm-hmm. It's just like Ben told him, in his heart, he's a killer. We've seen him try to shake that, but it's what he keeps coming back to, whether he wants to or not. Yeah, with the uh, the Flash Sideways stuff, when Saeed was taken away, he, he was going to go pick up the kids, wasn't he? He was taken away by the... The men like in Kimi's men, yeah. Yeah, Kimi's men. It turned out to be Kimi and the half. That was brilliant. <laughs> Making it. He's, he's an ultimate bad guy, isn't he? He's yeah. a creepy bad guy as well. But when he, he, he mugged the other guy for his gun, he got the two bodyguards dead. Mm-hmm. When he chose to shoot Kimi, it looked like something, was, something in him was fighting, like the conflict, similar to the, the Claire conflict inside her. It seemed the same sort of thing. I, I don't know whether, you know, inverted commas, but that's bleeding through from the island, or it just seemed like there was a bit of a conflict. No, no. Okay, no, I, I won't let you go. And Kablamo, he took him out. I kind of took it... We're seeing the nature of people. We're seeing the nature of, of Kate. Is She's just a runner. You know, she's she's sort of compassionate toward people, but she, she, she just can't stay in one place. We're seeing that, you know, Saeed no matter how much he tries to reinvent himself, is just never going to escape what he became. I, I really thought we'd see more of a reference to childhood's uh, Saeed, you know, with the whole thing with his father and, and his brother with the chicken. Yeah. You know, it didn't come up in the previously on Lost thing, so I, I thought it, it might, but... Would have been a nice reference back, though, wouldn't it? But it, it says that, that just what they said then was true. That's, that's who he is. And so I wonder if... When Dogen says that everybody has good and, and evil in them, and, and his was tilted a certain way, I wonder if, if that doesn't predate the island, or if, if that's really just the result of him being claimed, or mm. or what. I mean, it, it probably it has to be the smoke monster, I would think. But it just... I thought it was very sad in The Flash Sideways to see that well, this is who Saeed just is. No matter what he does, every time we see him try to escape it. Well, the, the Saeed on the island was determined not to go back to them old ways, which he'd been forced to take. In this other other universe, whatever it is, thinking about it now, maybe he's always been like that, and he was thinking about going straight, and then he's like, no, do you know what? No. And he's quite happy to stay like that. I know he, he said that he wouldn't do anything for his brother along them lines, but maybe when it, you know, push came to shove, no, it's the easiest option for him. It's the thing that he knows best. Yeah. Well, that that kind of fits, I think. At heart, that's what he is. Whether uh, maybe he's not as actively trying to shake that, but I did get the impression that he he just felt dirty. You know, like he says to Nadia, "Like I just I I don't deserve you." Um, uh, on a little note on that as well, we saw Jin in the uh, in the the freezer. Would you call it? Yes, it's always a freezer anyway. <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Um, there's a translation of what he said. He in. In Korean, there when he, oh, okay. at the very end of the episode, he says, uh, "Don't kill me, please let me live." Okay, is that on? Uh, it's on Lostpedia. Lostpedia. Yeah, right. The money that he was transferring was that money for Kimi. I think it was to Widmore. Ooh. Kimi still works for Widmore. Okay, so he's he's a small time thug or enforcer for Widmore, who's who's going to be a bigger fish, I think, and that okay. you know, Pake. Pake and Widmore were rivals or partners of sorts. I think it'll be the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like the sound of that. Again, we, we've mentioned before, I have these ideas in my head, and, and when I watch, I kind of watch with that as a filter, because I, I can't believe Widmore's not going to be anywhere. <laughs> so I'm going to theorize that this is where he'll come in. Mm-hmm. Anything else off the island that uh, you noticed? or Because uh, I think the whole idea of that was just to build up to that choice of actually shooting Kimi or not. I agree. I think it was pretty straightforward. It was... It didn't feel like as big of a chunk of the episode as some of the other Flash Sideways off-island things have. No. If anything, I wasn't disappointed in the storytelling. I was disappointed in the result. <laughs> just just as someone invested in the character, I was thinking, oh, don't do that. No, no. <laughs> oh, I wish you wouldn't have done that. But it's not a matter of, oh, I, I disappointed in the episode itself. I just yeah. just kind of, it was sad. I, I was left feeling very sad for Saeed that he he's the first one we've seen off-island who does not seem happier than he was. And, okay. And perhaps that's because he's the first character we've seen off-island who 
chose to go with the the dark side. Yeah. Maybe that's a price a penalty for that, but I, I just felt bad for him. And and Said is one of those characters too where for a while now, basically since the Ajira stuff, it doesn't seem strength he had earlier in the series. I, I thought he was a broken man when he came back and decided he wanted to, to shoot young Ben because he was so disappointed that Ben told him this is the way he was always going to be. He was a killer at heart, which yeah, he was right, but <laughs> he was there and he, he was forced to be there, but he was there and, and all through the Dharma time, he just seemed a little whinier, a little, a little less uh, action hero-y. He was always on the run though, wasn't he? He was slammed into the Dharma jail and he had Benjamin Linus feeding him sandwiches and then had to run away with him. And he just always seemed to be on the run. And even when he did come back to Dharmaville to pick up the, the bomb, he, he got shot and taken out by an older Linus. Yeah, he went from super confident super spy to just a, a, a beaten man. And then this season he's been basically just a, this reincarnated form i was kind of happy to see him go barging into dogan's room and stuff but even that like so he gets beat you have to leave this place okay i've been exiled <laughs> okay i can stay it was an awesome fight though wasn't it It was a great fight but then he just turns around and, and <laughs> i don't know how to put it but like he i, I see i liked it i, I like the way that the whole fight kicked off and very quickly i thought in the fight that he realized he had his he had a, a match here. I think when he was thrown on the table, then he started throwing pots and pans around. I thought, yeah, okay, fine. Now he's fighting dirty, and he's trying everything to beat this guy up. Oh, yeah. I thought the fight scene itself was good. It's that when the fight was over, and Dogen says, you have to leave, yeah. and he's just calmly walking out, and, and it, it just didn't seem like a normal reaction. You know, he's like, okay. Walked out and says to Miles, I, I think I've been kicked out. <laughs> I thought he was quite good, actually. Oh, okay. I honestly did. I thought the way that they both realized that they had a match on their hands there, although Dogen was very poised to you know, stab him or do something, and he, it looked like he didn't really want to. And then he was reminded of his son. He was just, no, okay. Maybe that was one of the rules he couldn't break. He couldn't kill... Uh, on a possessed guy or well it was strange sure. that was the story he gave as an explanation to Saeed of why he didn't do it but there was nothing in it that said why mm. even if his son's name if he said well you know my son my son's name was Saeed then like oh okay or you know he had a shirt just like yours or <laughs> something that that was like oh okay because <laughs> you were struck for a moment I know he saw the ball on the floor and actually the ball didn't the ball sit on the floor without spinning? It sort of... Like it froze, was a very I dead think. drop. I, I don't know, do baseballs bounce very well? Are they ho- hollow or solid or what? I don't know. I, I took that to initially mean like that was a sign of some sort. But... Yeah, I took it like that because it rolled off the floor. If it was going to do anything, it would have rolled on the floor mm-hmm. a little bit more. But it just dropped dead and that was it. Maybe, I don't know, maybe he's... I, I doubt we'll get one, but maybe when his son was killed, I can imagine a flashback if we had like ten more seasons to go. We'd see a flashback of his, you know, son in the car and hand out the window, baseball dropped out the window onto the floor, and he was reminded of you know that situation there. But I I did like the way that it was okay, fine, I'm banished, I'll get up, get all my gear, and I'm gone. And I liked that, but you know, obviously then he had to be given the uh, the dagger to slay fake John Locke Smokey with. Yeah. Right, so the sideways stuff is all tied up, I suppose. Yeah. We saw Jack in the hospital as well. He didn't have any lines, so he was like, okay, yeah, another little crossover there. You think the next episode will feature uh, Sun and Jin, or do you think that was just a tease and we'll have to wait another episode or two off-island? I don't don't know when they're going to bring these guys back together. With, With the title of Sundown, I think a lot of people are actually thinking, oh, Sun's been gunned down. I thought that. And then when I heard, oh no, be out by sundown, oh, brilliant, we're not going to see them die yet. Well, I mean in the Flash Sideways, because it ended with Jin in the freezer. Do you think that our next Flash Sideways is kind of an explanation of how we got there, or do you think we'll end up going... No. So, probably Sawyer would be... No, it'd sense. be another four episodes before we see Jin, I reckon. <laughs> I haven't seen any of the titles, but I, I think it would be 
you know what they're like. When we yeah. saw um, Anthony Cooper in uh, come out the the metaphorical box, we yeah. didn't see him for like three or four episodes. After that, it was like, hang on, where is he? It's true. On Island, do you think Dogen or Lennon gets saved by the river the way or claimed the way that Saeed was? I think Dogen may rise again because he was he was drowned very much like Saeed, wasn't he, into dark water. Yeah. Now, there's no reason why he couldn't have just gripped him, snapped his neck there and then. He purposely f- flung him into the water to drown him. Mm-hmm. And I think we may see him rise again. Uh, Lennon, he's gone. I think. Yeah. Who else did we see? Uh, saw Claire again. Hot hobo Claire. <laughs> He's getting hotter and more hobo-ish as we go along. So Miles is with Alana, which actually bodes well for him. At the moment, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of uh, Linus going in and seeing Saeed in the, near the pool? Mm, I, again, it, it's another instance for me of a character behaving in a way inconsistent with how I've come to expect him to act. I, you know, Ben Linus is so calm a lot of times and unflappable. And even, even when Alana comes in after Jacob is dead, mm-hmm. it's the old Ben Linus there. But then there he's in the temple and he, I'll go get Saeed. Like he, for him to run out of the room like that, I, I understand they had to have him, had to have somebody see Saeed so they would know what happened. But yeah, it seems consistent to me with him being back after the Ajira flight. Cause he was, he, this rattled yeah. Ben Linus. Yeah, he he woke up and he, he saw John Locke. You know, he's like, bloody hell, you're alive. And then he got uh, tested at the at the temple, underneath the temple by Smokey, and who told him to, under no circumstances, just follow this guy and help him out. And now he's going back on that. And I think he's a very confused man and not understanding where he's lying at the moment. I wonder why he's chosen to be with Alana. He... Stabbed Jacob. Yeah. So he knows Jacob is gone. He's seen the power of Fake Lock, and Fake Lock seemed to be. I mean, not he was, certainly wasn't respectful. He treated him like an underling, but at least he was protective. He seemed well, no threat to Ben. I think Ben was more left behind, wasn't he? In the aftermath of everything, all of a sudden, Smokey kicked, uh, well, punched Richard in the throat and walked off into the jungle with him over his shoulder, and he sort of just left everyone there. Yeah. So he's very disappointed. So he's really just tagging along with the most capable group at the time. That's true. That's the way I see it, anyway. I wonder, he might be playing both sides, or he'll try to play both sides at some point. Yeah. And then Locke will tell everyone, do they know you stabbed Jacob? And <gasps> back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> Did you stab him? Oh, well, yeah. I don't really want to say. Did you stab him? Oh, well. Oh, look, did I hold the knife? I may have held the knife, but did I <laughs> motivate myself to? You know? he sort of fell on me, and I was holding the knife, and you know, yeah. I didn't technically stab him. What is did stabbing stab anyway? Yeah. Yes. Uh, is there any way back for Claire from her dark side? Because she does look like she's battling demons in her head at the moment. I I think so. I think there has to be a calling out on her part of Locke about. So where's the baby? Baby's not in the temple. Yeah. Kate's there saying, I had the baby. Well, now, now, now she's got the answer of, okay, the baby's off-island. So now that is sort of reconciled, isn't it? Yeah, but for the man in black to have said that they took the baby all along for the last three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I, I tend to believe once Claire and Aaron are reunited, then she'll have something to focus on now. And maybe she'll how to ward off the demons from there. Do you think she n- recognizes Jack as her brother now, having seen Christian Shepherd and called him father? Or do you think that she's still unaware? She doesn't know. Does she know that Jack is her brother? She's never been told that we, as far as we know. No, so I don't think she would recognize her, him as her brother. I think it'd just be the other way around. So then it could be when Claire and Jack face each other and he... If he says something, it may be like a spark in her head that, my father, you know my father? Yeah. yeah. That may come out when Kate tries to explain where Aaron is now. Where he's been as well, all this time. And poor Jin. Poor Jin doesn't even know he has a, a baby girl. A three-year-old baby. Does he not? Has he never been told that? Uh, I don't think so. He knows that son's on the island, though, doesn't he? Because he's going looking for her. Yeah, but I've never seen anybody tell him. So you must presume that she's survived the, the labor well 
the only people who knew would have been the late arrivals to Dharma. Right, okay. Jack, okay. Oh, I'm fairly confident, wouldn't have said anything. Why? I mean, Hurley might have said something. Yeah. But even that, like, I mean, he's not asking, is, is the baby here? Where's, where's the baby? No. Have you got any uh, theories built on from this episode that we've seen? Uh, a couple things that we've talked about already. I, I'm, I'm starting to think that these flash sideways do not result from the incident, do not result from s- simply the landing at the, at the airport, that there's some event up ahead precipitated by the man in black. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm tending to go along that they're all along the same sort of timeline now. There's no interdimensional travel or anything like that. You mentioned a circle. I would picture more of like a letter Z or a lightning bolt. So it's going to be that type of thing that we're we're moving along in the line and then we're going to jump back. What, folding back? To this thing. Yeah, fold back over to, some, to a point sideways from there. And I look at the flash sideways stuff and where last week I was saying it seemed so pointless. They seem to be overplaying its purpose. And we get it. Life is different for them. I'm starting to look now for why it may be different. And what I'm seeing is the absence of Jacob or the, or the decision to, and, and with the case of Saeed, the decision to willingly go along with the man in black. Okay. So far, he's the only one who voluntarily gave himself up. Mm. I just feel bad for him. I mean, he did. He did what Dogen said. He tried to kill Locke. He wanted to be good. And in the end... Do you think Dogen has tried that with Claire? They said to Claire that the guy Justin said, that's not how it is. You're not remembering it right. When she was telling Jin what happened. Yeah. So I, it's, it sounds like he's done this before. And the only person I can think of at the moment is, is going to be Claire. I, I'm going to think that it's not that they captured her so much as they found her okay. and, and tried to help her. And they did the same kind of tests that they did with, mm-hmm. with Saeed. But it's just so strange. Like the, the whole way it played out. Like her being in the hole. And she's down there singing and calm. And she didn't fight about it. I loved that. I thought that was brilliant. She seems very confident in just the way things are going to be, and yeah, with with all the the shouting up to Kate, and no, oh, he, he'll he'll get everyone. Yep, that was wicked. But no, that that'd basically be it for now. How about you? Do you have any new theories or revised theories? I've been thinking quite a lot recently. I, I don't seem to be able to get the words out of my mouth tonight for some reason. Just a couple of thoughts though. With Desmond flashing back, this is going back a couple of seasons now, but. With Desmond doing all the flashing around. Is it possible, when we saw Desmond on the plane, that could be very similar to seeing Walt standing above Locke when he was shot over the uh, Dharma pit? I don't know. I'm not so sure Desmond isn't going to just turn out to have been on the plane. Yeah. I'm hoping he is on the plane, but I I don't know. See, it depends if he was on the plane or not. If he was, then that just shoots it down to rubbish. I don't know. It's, I guess the, the key reason people think he isn't is because he wasn't in the seat when the plane landed. And yeah. we, we didn't see him after either. But uh, He was moving around though, wasn't he? Yeah, it was a different type of flight. Not the same kind of flight that you or I usually are on. Uh, all the flights I'm on are overbooked. You, got, you certainly can't get up and move around. I haven't been on a plane with three rows of seats like that in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, but there they're they're up and down, there's plenty of empty seats, there's you know, hardly the strict rules that there are now <laughs> with things. No, that's right. So I I don't and know. It's intercontinental flight as well, so you'd imagine that every single seat would be taken up. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it just turns out he was on the on the flight. Mm. But he is someone they said they're special, the rules don't apply, but at the same time there have been other people who were special who turned out to be unimportant. With Aaron. And Walt. Yeah, see, I'm mm, I, with. I'm of the impression that Aaron is special, but only to Claire. He's not special, as in, wow, this kid is special. It's more when he, uh, the mind reader. What, what, no, not the mind reader. Sorry, the soothsayer or whatever he was in, in Australia. Richard that Claire Malkin. Yeah, yeah. When he turned around and said, "This child must not be raised by another," he was trying to protect Claire, not the baby, from. Claire must have something to focus on so he, she's not taken over by the black smoke or the darkness. Yeah, but the baby was there, though. The baby was still there when she died. But, well... She, was, she left the baby when she went with Christian, and then... Ah, but we saw Christian Shepherd holding the baby, didn't we? She, wasn't she asleep? And then we saw Christian holding the baby, and yep. he 
drew her away, didn't he? So he could have drawn her away, put the baby down, it's okay, and she's all dazed, like, you know, that's my dad. And so she's, pardon me, she's all a bit confused, and you know, why is my dad on the island? What's going on here? Okay, let's just leave the baby here. Now, like that, she's under the spell, or in yeah. fact, hmm. but to bring, bring them back, then she's got something back uh, to focus back on. And possibly, Aaron did die in the plane crash. He was meant to die in the plane crash. The sea urchin that, uh, that Jin fed him brought him back to life. That would be Jacob and his magical touch bringing the baby back to life, which would scupper the Smokey's plan. It could be. There's, there's things about that that I could picture, but I don't buy into that, though. <laughs> I'll have to wait and see on that one. But apart from that, no. No, <laughs> things. I've got loads of things. I just can't get them out at the moment. Well, I think it was it was that kind of episode that it moved a lot of things along. It reinforced certain things. It it maybe poked apart some some potential theories, but it didn't really give you new things to wonder about. Right. So I, I think it's more like you, you have to wait till next episode to see. Is Smokey trying to take all the candidates over? Is he trying to grab all of them? He's got Ford, hasn't he? He's, I know Littleton's not there, but Austin's there now. I know she, well, she's still written on the wall, so she's a candidate. Mm-hmm. She's not one of the numbers, but she may become a factor later on. And she, he's also got Gerard as well. Is he trying to pick them off one by one, get them onto his side? I don't know. I, I think they have an inherent power and potential and such, so I, I think that it's, it lies in that, that he... He just want he wants the pieces. Whether not so much looking to eliminate them as as he's looking to tip the balance. Okay. But no, I don't I don't think he's worried about eliminating them. I think there's it, it's just a matter of eliminating opposition. Okay. Because like, he could have let Sawyer die. He didn't. He could have attacked Saeed. Yeah, he could have taken them all out at the time, didn't he? And it's funny, like for him to be for Saeed to be possessed. It seems like now Saeed will talk about Locke as being his friend because they're they're friends. They're allied in, in this common end result. It's not a matter of it's a friend of Smoke Monster from an earlier time. And mm. like we were saying, Claire could be possessed by a former friend or lover or first mate or something. Mm-hmm. Ah, see. So, it, so I think that part is gone now. I think it's just a matter of whether they, they view him as an ally or an enemy. So the inner darkness inside each of them is coming out in, more in their personality. Right. So when, he turned, when Claire turned around and said to Jin, that's not Locke, that's my friend. That was more the inner soul speaking then and just claiming the body and just using the body to you know, pass on her emotions. Right. They're, they're two people for whom the angel on the shoulder has been... Knocked off in Claire and Said. Are you happy with this? People talking about him being the uh, the devil. Uh, I'm not happy with people referring to him as the devil. I know there's a lot of Christianity going around in this program. I like to think of him. Yeah, he's evil incarnate. But okay, let's not make it about devil and you know God. I I don't because I don't see them as good and evil. I see him as heavy-handed and and passive-aggressive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and it's two two sides of the same same being. So, if you want to say more vicious, more dirty, more direct, more unfiltered, and no conscience, okay, I can see that. But yeah, I, I, as far as it being a separate entity, or 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 like they said, like evil incarnate, I don't. I think that's mm-hmm. that's one side's description of the other. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. The good twin and the bad twin. Yes. <laughs> I think we should call it an end there. Okay. Well, we appreciate you guys listening. I know it's uh, a lot of thinking aloud going on here. And and for us, this was an episode in Sundown where it left us a little more confident in some things, a little more uncertain about others, but didn't necessarily bring a whole change to our, our views of things. It's, it's more just the kind of overall thinking we're going through and the listening we're doing to other podcasts and such. The, the best thing is to keep emailing us stuff. If you can find us on Twitter, I'm at SHC1970, Elton's at Elton McManus, all one word. If you want to have a good spoiler-free conversation and just got something going on in TalkShoe or Ustream or, or whatever and you want to talk, then definitely reach out to us and we'd love to have those kind of conversations because that's really 
how things get shaped. You talk to someone and you might disagree, but it might make you think a little bit too. We did get uh, a couple emails which we referenced here today. It, there's a few more, which again, we'll, we'll respond. If you emailed us, we'll write back to you definitely and continue the conversations there. Some of them just didn't really fit into the flow today with where we were going. Yeah, I'm happy with the the story. I really liked it today. So you know, this it, they seem to be getting better and better for me. We had LAX, and then it all started down from the very beginning again with the Kate episode, and it was all just building up and building up to hopefully a massive crescendo at the end. Yeah, it's very satisfying storytelling. Like I said before, I might not be happy with the things they show us, but the actual delivery and all has been has been really good. And it, and the disappointment again is more just like oh no, it's like seeing seeing your favorite player get traded to another team or <laughs> choose to be yeah. a free agent as opposed to st- you know signed with the home team it's like that oh come on no don't do that but the actual event itself has has been great yeah what sorry just before we we do leave what character do you most want to see coming along next either be it Desmond or Widmore or you mean next one introduced in or next one probably yeah back uh, into the fold cuz i'm Gagging either for some Desmond action or Widmore action. Yeah, I'd say Desmond or or Juliet because I feel like that'll have a lot to do with uh, Sawyer. Yeah, and I'd like to know more about what's going on with him. Cool. Yeah, we'll be back next Saturday with another episode, and uh, we definitely. I, I just I can't believe that there's more than like twelve, fifteen hundred people listening to us each week talk about Lost. I think it's great. Yeah, you crazy people. Thank you for bearing with us. Oh yeah, You're all wonderful, each and every one of you. Yep. <laughs> if you want more. We're happy to tell you we do another podcast called An Apotheosis of a Bombast, which you can get on iTunes or at bombastpodcast.podbean.com. It's just our kind of all-purpose, crazy news, things going on in our lives, uh, weird websites, always under an hour, usually a, a lot of laughing and silliness. And it's like Rethinking Lost. It's one of those podcasts that we try to make where you can go and jump in anywhere. So please do check that stuff out. All right, so thanks again, guys, and we will talk to you in another week. Yeah, thank you very much, guys, and I'll see you later. All right, bye.